This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about privacy and security issues with Dr. Doug Fritzman, Director of Office of Interoperability and Standards in the Office of the National Coordinator for Health Information Technology. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Fritzman. Thank you. You're, you're involved in two major health information exchange projects, the Nationwide Health Information Network and the Direct Project. Briefly describe each project and what it is and update us on the status of each. They're both being tested now? Are they both still in test phase? So we can start with, I guess, the Direct Project. Um, That's the most recent initiative. The Direct Project was an initiative that we launched about a year ago at HIMSS last year and um, very rapidly had um, community engagement, um, the development of a couple of prototypes for how information should be exchanged, um, consensus around one approach using sort of a secure email transaction. And in fact, just in the last couple of weeks, we've had production exchanges using those specifications. And that's for simpler one-on-one exchanges. That's for the simpler um, kind of secure email way of exchanging information. Now, the exchange project has been around much longer. Um, that was started before the before um, David Blumenthal joined the um, Office of the National Coordinator. And it really has been focused on um, more uh, complex and uh, sophisticated ways of exchanging information. So rather than just having simple directed communication, the exchange um, works on a query. So if you have a patient who is in an, in an emergency room or is being seen in a, in a doctor's office, the Nationwide Health Information Network has the specifications that allow you to query other hospitals and say, do you have any information about this particular patient, and then to return that. Both of them have um, substantial security and, um, and privacy protections in, in place, but they handle things a lot differently between the two projects. Great, and we'll get into that a bit. But first, uh, can, can healthcare organizations now use the open source standards for NHIN or the direct project, or will they be able to soon? All of the specifications and even the code that was developed through um, the federal partners, the Connect project, is um, uh, freely accessible. It's in the open source community. People can download it and use it. We have uh, some organizations that will use Connect, but they aren't part of the exchange. We have people that are part of the exchange who use Connect. We have people who are part of the exchange that have built their own gateways to the specifications that we have. Um, all of those things are public and um, accessible. Same is true of the de- direct project. The specifications are uh, free and easily accessible, and there are, is um, code both in Java and in .NET that people can download and implement. But the belt- Ongoing tests are going on both and they're continually being refined, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we always have to be certain that we've gotten things right and that if we've missed something that we, we try to inco- include that. Um, the direct project is based on a lot of existing standards that were developed through IETF. And so we didn't so much uh, create a new standard as leverage an old one that's pretty pretty well tested in the environment. So. With Connect, we continue to make sure that we've got our specifications right. We're developing testing infrastructure to make sure that people can uh, assure that they are conformant to it. 
uh, to the specifications, um, and so that's that's another um, you know all of that stuff is uh, available for people to use. So compare and contrast for us a little bit the privacy and security provisions of the direct project versus NHIM. Well, there there's a couple of things that are that are different uh, about them. There's a lot that's the same, but the direct project basically uses a secure messaging specification, and what that means is is that if you wanted to send a message to a provider, you would take your clinical document, you would attach it like you would attach a Word document or something else to that email. But the specification says that when you do that, you have to you have to encrypt it, and that may that means that even if it goes through an intermediary or it gets routed in a in a particular way, the direct project um, specifications assures that the person receiving the information knows it came from the person who sent it. So there's no um, spoofing or pretending to be someone who you're not. So it assures that the person on the receiving end knows the person that, it, that they got it from. And it also assures that the person that is um, sending it, it will only be able to be opened by the person who's supposed to receive it. So it's sort of like a handshake on both sides. The person sending it and the person receiving it have to be those individuals or those organizations, or otherwise you can't open the package. And how does it work with NHIN? <clears throat> so NHIN has a has a principle called local autonomy, and and so what it what it says is that um, when you issue a query to retrieve information back, accompanying the query is um, uh, what's called a SAML assertion. And the SAML, 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 S-A-M-L. <clears throat> so it's a security and authentication um, markup language, I think is what it, what it stands for. But basically what it does is that when you query for information, you present your credentials at that time. And those credentials could be a certificate that's gotten you know, um, some authentication. It could be that you said, you said, I signed on to my electronic medical record with my ID and password. It may say I used my card to go in to the computer and then I put in my password, sort of a level three um, level of uh, security. But when you send a query, that query is accompanied with your credentials. It is the, the receiving organization's prerogative as to whether they will accept those credentials or not. So whereas the direct project encrypts on both ends and you need to sort of decrypt, you, have, you need to have that handshake to un, undo it, before information is sent, you have to present your credentials. And then, then of course, the, the information when it's received uh, or when it's sent is encrypted as well. But it isn't that kind of handshake on either end. It's more that you're presenting the, the credentials that you have and that's what unlocks your ability to access that information. Now, ONC's working on an HIN governance rule. Can you describe for us a little bit the purpose of that rule, its potential privacy and security provisions, and when it's likely to come out? Well, we um, there was one line in the High Tech Act that said, you know, the uh, Office of the National, National Coordinator shall establish governance over the Nationwide Health Information Network. That one sentence is what's driving the, the governance rule at this point. So, we we need to be able to describe what are the conditions of participation, what are the things that we expect people to do if they're going to exchange information using 
the Nationwide Health Information Network. Um, we don't want people to say, I am on the, NWA, the, the Nationwide Health Information Network and have them kind of pretend to be not having gone through the, the processes. So the governance rule is an effort to sort of create the, the rules of engagement or the conditions for participation. And those really break down into two areas. There are conditions of trust. So we have to be assured that people are following good security procedures and that they're, that they're, they're not leaving uh, vulnerabilities in their system. And then we also have conditions of interoperability, which are to say they're following the specifications and they're, they're, um, they're interoperating and not going to break the other systems. So the governance rule really is going to focus on what are the conditions of participation within the NWHIN and how those break down into conditions of trust and conditions of interoperability. The uh, Privacy and Security Tiger Team has made a number of recommendations uh, regarding health information exchange. Are those going to show up in the NHIN governance rule or uh, high tech HRN Center program or HIPAA modifications or, or all of them or what? Um, we are just now kind of going over a lot of the recommendations that the team has and obviously privacy and security is such a fundamental piece of what it is that we're trying to do within the Office of the National Coordinator. Those recommendations touch just about everything that we do. Um, at least, you know, if you, take the, if you take the recommendations in their totality, they probably impact just about every program that we've got in the office. And so the answer is yes. I mean, we certainly have taken the Privacy and Security Tiger Team recommendations around the direct project. You know, that's a part of the Nationwide Health Information Network. And we've incorporated their suggestions into how privacy and security is handled. That was one of the one of their big concerns was to make sure that there wasn't the ability to have intermediaries see patient identifiable information, and so the need to have the entire package uh, encrypted was a was an important component there. And we anticipate that as we go through the rest of their recommendations as well, we'll include those in the various programs that we've got. So it could show up in multiple places. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, and, and that's that's just because it's such a fundamental piece. Within governance, it's a condition of trust, right? And it may be a condition of interoperability if we have to use particular kinds of technologies to satisfy the recommendations of the of the target team. So it's gonna show up in a lot of different places as we as we work through the, their recommendations. What about the role of the um PCAST reports uh, recommendation for universal health exchange language. Um, how does that fit into all these various projects? And as you know, we we um, uh, launched a um, an initiative within the HIT Policy and Standards Committee. Um, we have always tried to emphasize kind of that openness and transparency, and we use our federal um, advisory committees to help us when we're trying to trying to struggle with some of the challenging things in front of us. So the PCAST report right now is being, we had some hearings last week. Um, that, that committee is now kind of working now to, to go through the PCAST recommendations and give us some synthesis of what people are saying out there, you know, to help us understand the impact of the PCAST approach on our various programs and to provide us some alternatives in how we might move forward and incorporate the PCAST recommendations into the ongoing work within the office. So we anticipate that those will likely come out um, in the course of the next couple of months, and then we'll be able to incorporate those into the programs that we've got within the office.
So it's too soon to tell just how that will play out? Or yeah, I, I, think, I think it is. I think we really have to give our advisory committees an opportunity to do the deliberation and the analysis that we're asking them to do, and then to help us understand the impact, what alternative paths we might take in incorporating those recommendations, and how we can meet the timelines and the and the, the suggestions that come from the PCAST report um, into our into the programs that we've got. Okay, well thanks very much. We've been talking to Doug Fritzma of the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.